0: Well hey everybody, welcome to Chance by Chance, a resource for young creators learning to navigate the professional field. This is your host Chance Gilliam speaking, and we have a bit of housekeeping to get to for the primary segment of our episode today. First up, the Orca Tribe launch party is this Friday, May 12th, at the Public Functionary in Northeast Minneapolis. The event goes from 7 to 10 p.m., and you can get tickets at the door. Orca Tribe is a youth culture initiative that seeks to enable, promote, and connect young artists from various backgrounds through an accessible platform. If you're looking for a tangible opportunity to pay some tribute to the great young art scene in the Twin Cities, this is the perfect opportunity to do so. There will be featured performers, painters, all sorts of people from various disciplines and of various mediums so head on out to that search orca tribe on facebook to find the event and also learn more at orcatribeproject.com i also want to offer a quick and heartfelt thanks to those of you who have supported chance by chance in recent weeks this includes reviews on itunes which help new listeners find the show and also subscribers to the newsletter And what makes me especially happy is that people have been using that email platform to reach back out to me and lend feedback or advice or just show some appreciation to the show, and I'm very grateful for everything that I hear from you. Keep it up, please. Alright, today's guest is Bo Weber. 28-year-old Minneapolis, Minnesota artist Bo Weber is scheduled to release his self-produced debut album, Wendy. On mother's day may 14th it's a collection of songs dedicated to his mother who passed away from ovarian cancer at the early age of 50 years old in wendy Bo opens up about the guilt and regret he was left with after her passing which led to his self-destructive downward spiral in the writing process beau found himself caught in the emotional journey of revisiting loss's darkest moments causing a relapse into heartache anger and depression However, by reading the books left behind by his mother, Bo discovered his purpose in life and that enabled him to obtain true happiness. We talk about true happiness in the show and the difference between happiness and success. Bo's first single held the number one position on the indie music TV charts for two consecutive months and has been broadcast in five different countries on a whole bunch of music television stations. It was also selected by MTVU to compete in the freshman competition. Bo Weber is the editor-in-chief of MusicInMinnesota.com. They've had the honor of covering international touring artists for the past several years. Bo is also a part of Optimize Social Media, which you'll hear about in this episode. You can learn more about him at BoWeber.com. That's also the perfect place to pick up a copy of Wendy This Mother's Day, May 14th. 100% of the profits from physical disc sales are going to be given to women battling ovarian cancer. So, if you want to support a great cause and get some great art at the same time, this is the place and time to do it. For now, please enjoy my conversation with Bo Weber. Bo, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me in your van I'm curious what percentage of your personal belongings I'm looking at right now. I would say probably 50%. And the rest of it's in storage or something like that?
1: Yeah, and it's those things that uh it's those things that you just can't get rid of, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like if you were to ask me that question maybe when I first bought the van, how many things are you looking at? I'd probably say maybe 10% because at really? that point, yeah, it's it's one of those things that when you decide to live in a more simplistic lifestyle you just don't want to let go of some things hmm. a lot of things to hmm. be honest you know I was a I was an avid trading card collector <sighs> I had thousands and thousands of cards, and we're we uh,
0: talking sports cards, Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. Pokemon. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh,
1: I was I was born in '88, so I uh, I grew up on Michael Jordan and uh, Magic Johnson and all those guys. So I was uh, I was convinced I was going to be an NBA player. So I was really really into into those cards everywhere I moved you know I'd spent some time in Arizona and uh, all over Minnesota and those tubs of cards always went with me Hmm. along with a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't necessary and even when I moved into the van I was like man I can't bring these here but I'm going to keep them still Mm -hmm. well eventually uh, some of the things that you do drag in the van you get sick of stepping over them and you (laughs) say heck with this you know and you sell it and you're like and so that's what I did. Eventually sold those cards because the people that w- that were holding on to them for me were sick of having them in their garage. So I was like, selling them. I got, you mm. know, a couple hundred bucks. And uh, I felt a lot of weight off my shoulders, to, you know, believe it or not. It was great.
0: Where did minimalism come from for you?
1: I think it just transpired around all of the podcasts and articles and uh, inspirational self-help books that I was reading. Um, When you listen to enough of those or read enough of those, they all have a similar message. Hmm. And that was one piece of the puzzle, was simplify your life and the rest of your life becomes more simple. Like, So if you simplify one aspect, say, for instance, your living space, your relationships become more simple. Your um, finances become more simple. It's crazy how they're all intertwined. So I wanted to give it a shot. And I more so needed to save money. That was kind of the thing. I was listening to Brian Tracy, if okay. you know who he is, and he had something on his audiobook that said, If you are renting right now and not owning a home, you will never be a millionaire. Hmm. And that really stuck with me because. At the time, I wasn't on the road to finding happiness, I was on the road to finding success. And that was the thing, I I went on Craigslist and I looked at all the houses that are available within my price range, which I don't even know why I was looking, it was not not gonna happen. Uh, Especially with my my credit the way it was and my bank account matched my credit, it was just ugh. So I was like, what can I do? And it was actually my cousin, Jamie, her and her boyfriend had bought a van a couple of years prior <laughs> to that, and they took it to California. And my family didn't, you know, they were kind of like, "Oh, what the heck is that? That's that's an odd decision." And I and I was right there with them. I was like, ah, "I don't approve," you know, living in a van. Yeah, like, what are you, some kind of animal? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was just one of those things, and because I was so used to living in a regular apartment with all the amenities Mm. and lights and outlets and... The comfort. Yeah, exactly. The comfort, man. Yeah. If you aren't willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, good luck succeeding at anything because that's what success... That's where success lies is in the depths of where you fear to swim. And that's kind of what this van is, is to see how far I could swim out, you Mm. know. It's a good thing.
0: So success lies in... In the depths that you fear to swim. I want to use that to transition to this EP, Wendy, because this beautiful thing came about from the loss of your mother, who you were very close to. And in listening to the music and in reading everything that you'd posted. I was thinking about the difficulty of taking such a personal experience and putting it out there. You know, when, when people do that, it's it's a way for many others to gain inspiration and take away what they need to from it, whether or not someone's gone through comparable circumstances. But how did you confront your own fear in that process after losing this family member?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, it, it was never intended to happen. I was trying to just move past the the situation just kind of forced my way through it. I wasn't, I hadn't dealt with my my grief. I was just really focused on trying to be successful as a musician. I had met someone who turned into being a friend of mine uh, through a job that he had given me, mm-hmm. and we talked every day. We were painting houses, and he kind of said, "Hey, why don't you why don't you make a, an album for your mom?" You know, hmm. and I was like, "No." The way I saw it was, why don't you profit off of a story that is sad and can pull on people's heartstrings? And I'm like, that seems really manipulative. I don't want to make money doing that, you know? Mm -hmm. But he kind of explained, you know, he's, he explained it in a way where I was, I was convinced that it was, it would be for good and he was right. And the way it started happening was, you know, the first song, You, you write a song when you're beginning it, it's, you know, you don't, not sure where it's going and all of a sudden, my emotions that, that I was holding back for so long uh, just gave way and it was it was a ride. you know It mm-hmm. was a ride that I was um, I was preventing to go on for a couple of years and it was necessary. What it did was forced me to go into, you know you're talking about depths, yeah. you know the, the deep, dark depths of my emotions, the things that I've been pushing down for so long and uh, avoiding. It was uh, the best thing for me. Like um, the Kickstarter supporters that mm-hmm. allowed me to make this album, mm-hmm. I say you know they did one thing by by allowing me to make this record. But they uh, the gift that they gave me was much more than that. They gave me my quality of life back, hmm. and it sounds I don't know a little bit cheesy. I think maybe to this to the person who might not understand the situation, but. Writing those songs and uh, singing them, like really pouring my heart out through um, the only outlet that I knew how was the perfect
0: recipe for moving past my grief. What strikes me is that, if I'm correct, you had stopped playing music altogether for a period of time, and it's only when you come back around to that creative outlet that you can process those things. In a way, it seems like you were sort of repressing a part of yourself that needed to come out and once you did you know like you said it all welled up and it turned out to be this great thing.
1: I think you're absolutely right on that yeah.
0: Where did the decision to stop playing music come from?
1: Around the same time that my mom had passed away my band of eight years had also ended and within that band my friendship uh, with my best friend since fourth grade had also ended and it was a really emotional situation for me I didn't know what to do, you know. I'd sp- I'd spent all that time uh, hustling Warp Tour and playing shows, and you know every fan that had our wristband or a CD was personally given to from me or my friend, and it just seemed like such a daunting task to have to re- redo everything, start from scratch, and uh, I was tired, you know. And so, and in- what I did is I just I took a camera and I brought it to shows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And actually, our first point of connection, I, I realized. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, you you were the first show that I actually went to. Yeah, Wang Mango back in the day Wang, <laughs> at Zeke's house. Wang, yes, Wang Mango at Zeke Erickson's house. <laughs> Hippocampus was playing. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was like a little, it was in a cul-de-sac kind of thing yeah. at, his, at his parents' house. It was, uh, I think they were doing, grilling hot dogs and handing out pop and stuff. But, uh, no, yeah, we took some great photos of you guys, yeah. um, over, by you guys had, like, the, the little, behind the...
0: That little, pond back yeah. there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> was the, so in great. In the marsh. It was a great day, great day. It was. And so, that blossomed into music in Minnesota. It did. How did you launch that? Uh, it's another, another thing I'll have to give credit
1: to my friend Ryan, um, mm-hmm. the one that got me the job painting for him. He, uh... You know, I actually posted a, uh, something on Facebook saying, Hey, um, I'm looking to shoot a show. It was Mo. She was playing at uh, the Varsity. Mm-hmm. This was after I'd met you. Probably my second or third show I was going to go to. And uh, he's like, Yeah, I just bought a camera. You know, I'd love to shoot, shoot the show with you. And that's, that was actually our first point of contact. We met up the night of the show. I showed him the music, the, the, the website idea. Mm. I didn't even have a website. I was like, mm. this is what I want to do. And he was like, you know, you've, you've really got something here. I'd like to help you with it. Because he is a web guy. Aside from the painting, he was a web guy. And he owns Life in Minnesota. And he owns Beyond the Tent. Uh, he's, uh, it's, it's a lot of, camping is his thing. And uh, he was pretty successful at it. And he convinced me that I, because the name that I wanted to go with it was uh, like Top 40 Unsigned top 40 artists like i had all these like big flashy names and he was like you should go niche do the small thing because there's plenty of people in minnesota that would love to Hmm. to look at the website so he convinced me that music in minnesota would be the name yeah and uh he set me off on the right track and uh now i've got a, a managing editor i've got uh 20 plus photographers and writers that they all do it they're really great at what they do and uh I can focus more on my, me- my own music now.
0: What does hiring look like? How, how did you grow as a, as a company there?
1: Yeah, that is something that I really struggled with at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just started with sending out some Facebook posts. Hey, you know, does anybody want to sh- shoot a show? Yeah. And you'd be surprised at how many people just want that experience. Yeah. You know, like even for me, when I first started, I was so excited that... I just got into a show for free, you know, like what? I sh- and, and then let alone get to talk to the person I was going there to, to watch. Yeah. And so really there, there are a lot of people who say you, you can't put a price on that, mm. you know. I, I'll do that every day for free for you. So, <laughs> um, ultimately, I would really love to get the website to a point where I can start paying my contributors. It is hard work, mm. you know, editing down interviews or editing your photos and coming up with something to write and making it quality content, it is hard work. Um, but for now, I'm just enjoying the fact that I've got some young people that just want the experience. Yeah,
0: that that is really amazing. I actually didn't know that it was all their own graciousness but when you put it that way it does make sense to be able to go into a venue and be a part of a show like that rather than just experiencing it i mean the audience is obviously a part of the show as well but to step into another role and like take some responsibility in that that is a really cool opportunity
1: absolutely and all those all these people who are contributing you know they have their own goals Mm -hmm. you know they maybe they want to be a touring photographer or maybe they want to be a Sometimes, you know, I've asked I've asked the people that, that uh, work on the site with me, mm-hmm. and sometimes their goals aren't even within the same realm of what we're currently doing. They just love to do it. There isn't an end game for mm-hmm. them. They're not trying to progress their careers, some of them, you know, but for the most part, it's just a really great time.
0: Yeah. This makes me think about something that I read on music in Minnesota, which is that We're backtracking now, but when you were 17 or 18, you started attending shows. First, it was just one. I I can't remember who you said your first concert was, but I remember... Quiet Drive. Quiet Drive? Yeah. It was at University of Wisconsin or something like that, right?
1: UW-Stout.
0: Yeah. And you said after that, you started going to as many shows as possible and just talking to artists when you could which you know fueled music in minnesota later on formally what advice have you gotten from musicians over the years that really sticks out in your mind whatever comes to the top of your head
1: ever since i had started going to shows when i was 17 i would do absolutely anything i'd wait for you know up to <laughs> two hours or more um trying to just get a signature or talk to you know i've talked to a lot of people um, and I think the most consistent advice that I've gotten Mm. is just write songs just keep writing and keep playing shows the reason why I started music in Minnesota was so I could get close to successful people successful musicians doing what I want to do and kind of learning their secrets Mm. learning their trade I haven't got an answer that that isn't straight simple Every answer to the questions that I have is just go out there and play shows. Keep writing. Because the people who continue, who keep working on their craft will always get better. Your worst enemy is your self-doubt, right? Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever does. So if you're afraid to fail, you won't succeed. You have to get out there and fail your freaking butt off. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Eventually, it's just stuff will end up working out.
0: Alright, so taking this into specifics, because I've definitely been there, and I'm sure you have, and I think a lot of people are, but picture sitting in your house. Maybe you've just got back from your hourly job or something like that, and you think, man, like, I really want to try. Like, I know I'll probably fail, but I just want to push myself today. And it goes back to the comfort we were talking about, but it's so easy to just lay back and do less than you know you can do how do you get used to discomfort without necessarily buying a van but just in in the moment day to day like how can you build up the the skin to push yourself even when you don't want to it's a muscle you have got to develop how did you start to do that for yourself
1: i think that i naturally have a burning desire to continue to create or do something or you know I have to keep going I have to keep working on something Mm. and I think that as a musician you have to have that mindset because you wear so many hats you know you're the designer you're the marketing guy you're the songwriter you're literally everything and if you don't enjoy that man you're not gonna you're not gonna go too far Mm. so the average person who has a hard time coming up with the motivation to get things done I would say reach out to people that offer content like Tony Robbins, um, Darren Hardy. Uh, there's, there's so many others that are just really great for that kind of stuff. Because, for instance, Tony Robbins, he takes a cold shower every morning. And his theory is if you want to change your mind, you have to change your body. Putting yourself in that amount of shock just will it'll get your, it'll get your day going. <laughs> it'll wake you up. It absolutely, sure. and yeah, absolutely. So there are things like that that I would suggest, and again, it's, it's putting yourself in the, in uncomfortable situations, hmm. and uh, if you're not willing to, to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, that's totally fine. You can, uh, you know, stay on, stay on the, uh, on the couch and play Madden all day, and, And uh, watch you know as much Netflix as you want but you better not have any excuse as to why you didn't succeed in what you wanted to do in life
0: yeah I like the direction you took that bringing up the to change your mind change your body Um, and I know that you're also a vegetarian do you have any other tips as far as like physical well-being goes Uh, well I actually started
1: my healthy eating journey by eliminating soda from my diet caffeine was really affecting me in a, in a negative way and at first I didn't know wh- like what, it, what was happening, why I was feeling that way and people were like, well you should change your diet and I was like, that's stupid I'm not, like, you really think that the food I'm eating is going to affect how I feel? Hmm. For some reason I was convinced that that wasn't it. It had to have been something else. I kept going to the doctor, kept going to the doctor and eventually I took pop away and I felt much better, you know but I was still... You know, I switched to juice. And then I learned that wasn't much better. A lot of sugar. St- oh, so much sugar. And that's the thing is, like, with my mom passing, uh, when I, I I opened the books of, ca- of what cancer is and where cancer comes from, you know, sugar is, like, the absolute worst thing. So many people develop disease from sugar. Yeah. And um, so I decided that I needed to cut that out completely. Yeah. And it was really difficult for me because... I absolutely hated the taste of water. Which, <laughs> I know it sounds silly. And I was, I was, you know, it's just like a typical kid. I just was like, no, I like this, all these flavors. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drink this. Eventually I, ha- I had to say my health was more important. And, um, I started feeling be- better, you know, and that was kind of my driving force it was like, you know, I want to take care of my body. Kinda, I kind of realized that, uh, when you're younger, you kind of live as if you're kind of invincible, as if you live forever. <clears> That's <throat> how you live. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I reached a point when my bo- my body was giving me signs where it's like, you better take care of me, otherwise, the last half of your life is going to be pretty uncomfortable hmm. and not in the good way of uncomfortable you know yeah <laughs> not, not, that's not, a good clarification yeah. given the
0: given the earlier parts yeah yeah
1: but so I just I was like man I don't want to be that yeah you know I don't want to hate my life for the last you know 30 whatever years that I might s- still live you know here I am and it's it's uh, I'm almost at a year of, of being completely Vegetarian. I wanted to go vegan, but, uh, you know, there's, there are just really some things that I've uh, decided to keep in my diet, which is things like cheese and sour cream. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Chipotle fan, by the way. Sofritas, <laughs> uh, which is the tofu option. If you haven't tried it, you've you got to try it. It's so great. Um, I guess what I also learned while, while doing some research is that, basically, if there's a commercial for it, you probably shouldn't buy it. <laughs> You know, and just learning about like the, these huge companies that have this big budget to produce this food at the smallest dollar amount they can so they can maximize their profits. Well, do you think that that company has your health in mind? Hmm. Chances are they don't, especially when you look at the packaging, you know, in the stores in it's bright color. You pick up a pack of eggs, and you've got these chickens on on the graphic. That's like a beautiful farm and green grass, and but then you you look you watch a documentary of where these the, these uh, products are coming from, and it's nothing like that. It's actually very depressing and uh, terrible. <laughs> so, I just decided that I wasn't going to be tricked into that kind of thing. I wasn't going to buy these products that that they were that they weren't being truthful about. You know, science like we talked about. Um, before the interview the science is catching up to the bs one of the other reasons why i became vegetarian is because my interest in spirituality had grown as i started reading these books and these articles and stuff i learned that most of the animals that we eat are grown to a young age like calves cows are usually like one to three years old and then they're throats are slit and they're fed to us. And when you're eating a hamburger or a hot dog, you're not eating one cow, you're actually eating many cows. And I thought about that and I thought about you know, we're all we we all have our own sort of bacteria within us, mm-hmm. like every 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 person, every animal and, you know, all that stuff and it just seemed like that wasn't something I wanted to ingest, some, you know, something else's Bodily stuff, um, and it just sounds kind of weird. But also the fact that, for instance, if a cow is is raised in these har- really terrible situations where they hardly have any room to move, and they get taken from their mother like immediately after birth, it's incredibly stressful for that animal. And then if we're going to literally like murder it, take its life, you know, against its will, that is a negative vibration everything in life is a vibration. Like you, I, that pen, this stuffed animal, like it's all, it all has its own vibrations and especially living things. If you do something like that to something and then you you put it into your body, that is negative energy that you're putting in you. And uh, I just decided that I didn't want to be a part of that. And since then, I feel like I'm offering the world a lot more and I'm not contributing to... Uh, as much of the negativity as there as that was. Hmm.
0: I want to come back to spirituality, but first, as long as we're on the topic of health, I know you have had some battles with addiction, and am just looking for for some advice for young people, perhaps if they're struggling with the same sorts of consequences you may have been. Just words of wisdom based on your own experiences. Yeah, I believe that
1: um, changing your environment is extremely important. There's a famous quote that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Hmm. And I really, I really do my best to live by that. When I changed the people I hung out with, my choices also changed. And you kind of, you know, you become your friends. And uh, I'm extremely influential. And if anyone says that they aren't, they they have no idea <laughs> what they're talking about. <laughs> because we, we are, you know, we are... What's what sort of what am I trying to say? We are the uh, well.
0: I've always heard you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I always pose it for myself.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, one of the things is people try to change the lo- their location, which doesn't usually fix the problem. Mm. You know, you know, when my mom was dealing with ovarian cancer towards the end, I was finding every reason to get out of the house and uh, just go get drunk with my friends, and that was. Uh, very dangerous, you know, for my health and for my, for my, my mental state Mm. and my emotional state. It was just, uh, it became the thing that that's all I wanted to do. I avoided staying at home just so I could do it. And, you know, those friends, like they didn't care about me, you know? And, and that's, what's funny is like, you just don't see that until you remove yourself from that situation. You know, they weren't friends that would, um, you know, if I had a flat tire on the side of the road, would they come and help me out? Absolutely not. You know, they were, my, they were my drinking friends. You gotta get to a point where you realize that what you're doing to yourself and the people that you're surrounding yourself with uh, isn't helping you in any way. You just gotta, you gotta change, you know? I think it just starts with finding people, finding people who are doing what you wanna do. The people that you aspire to be you just hang out with him send him a message on Facebook it's the most you know today's age is. it's the most easy way right now <laughs> to make friends yeah just be like hey I love what you're doing whether it's photography or if you're oh that you're really good at skateboarding I love you know I want to skateboard but all my friends want to do is drink or or uh, you know like smoke weed or this and that like hit that person up and say, Let's go for a ride, you know? Teach me something I don't know. Like I'm sure that person would love to do that because it's it's so much fun to um to teach people things. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that would be that would be my advice. Awesome. Thinking about the the end of your mother's life, you said for a period of time at least, you were like looking for excuses to get out of the house, to get away from everything that was transpiring. Was there any particular moment when that changed? And obviously what's done is done and, and, you know, it is how it is. And it seems like by the end you found whatever you needed to in, in all of that. But is there anything you wish you would have done differently?
1: I wish that I would have been mature enough to handle the situation. I was 25 years old someone would say, you're an adult. Why, did, why didn't you handle that correctly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but age, a lot of times, really doesn't define a person, you know? It, it depends on the experiences they've had. And I was very much uh, young in my mind. And uh, if I would have known the things I know now, as people always say, things would have been much different. Um, but it's one of those things where grief affects people differently. Uh, there are people in my mom's life when she was going through cancer where she wasn't really good friends with that that those people actually grew closer to her and Mm -hmm. she became really good friends with those people and some of her closest friends actually were driven away and didn't spend time with her at the end Mm -hmm. and uh and I think that's what happened to me you know it was uh I I like I don't know if I had control over it because my mind was in control my mind was convinced that she was gonna be fine for some reason I was seeing her every single day and because of that I didn't really see the change in her weight loss in her color in her you know what was happening and uh, it wasn't until you know around my birthday which was June 4th and I was just kinda looking back at some photos and uh on facebook and i kind of clicked back to one from like you know a year ago Mm. from that current time and i was like holy smokes like she she had drastically changed in the year and i didn't see it because i was seeing it every day you know yeah when it's it's
0: gradual you don't you don't notice it as much yeah versus like when you see someone and you see them a year later you can tell how they've changed and grown exactly yeah there's yeah there's a difference there
1: and it just shocked me you Mm -hmm. know I was like oh geez and at that point I was on a mission to find a cure for her you know I was I was just scouring through online just uh, I was looking at all sorts of natural natural cures and you know, it was obviously too late. She was, she was bedridden on a, on an oxygen machine at that time. And I was like, my dad kind of had to stop me. Like I had everything prepared. I was like ready to like distribute the, the medication, you know, right, right by her side. And my dad was like, you know, it's too late. And Mm. it was just such a bummer that I realized that, um, you know, I realized all that stuff way too late. And, um, it's just one of those things that like I said grief affects people differently and the more I read about grief now it totally makes sense stage the first stage is denial and isolation I was denying it completely you know and I was isolating myself in my room and part of it was the reason why I was isolating myself is because I was so focused on music at the time my bandmate Steve was following Warp Tour and I wasn't out there with him and that was a plan that we had had for a year Mm -hmm. and uh that we were both going to do it. And I had stayed back because my mom had asked me to stay back. So my mind was on music. And in a way, I was racing to be a successful musician to, to show my mom that what I was doing wasn't a waste of time. So I was trying to, trying to get there, trying to f- get success so I could show her before she passed away that what I was doing was, was worth it and uh it was my mind was just not on the right goals you know she just wanted to spend time with me
0: connecting this to your views on spirituality do you think now she's in a place where she can look and see what you've done and be proud of music and and know that it is well worth your time
1: hm that's a really great question my mom was a huge fan of music you know she sang in the choir uh she tried to get us kids to sing all the time in these little youth group gatherings at church and stuff so yes i do believe that she would be proud of me for where i am in music right now not because of any sort of success but because i'm doing what i love Hmm. you know she she was always um she was she was always interested in us just doing what we want and enjoying it and i think that uh where I'm at spiritually I think she would she would be proud because 3 years ago even even 2 years 1 year ago I was uh I was pretty convinced that that bad things were waiting for me I'm glad to say that I I don't feel that way
0: anymore bad things as mm-hmm. in well a bad future or what Yeah
1: I would say well I mean beyond this life I was convinced uh, that uh you know, there was actually a guy that came to our door, and he said, "Hey, you know, uh, can I can ask you a question." And this was 2014, and I said, "Yeah, what's up?" You know, do you know, you know, on from a scale on a scale of one to ten, do you think you'll go to heaven when you die? <laughs> and I and I gave him a two, and he's like, "Well, that, why do you think that?" And I was like, "I, I don't know. I was so jaded. I was filled with hate. There was so much inside of me that was wrong." Hmm. And uh, now I can say that, that there is the negativity that was once in my heart is, is, uh, is, is, has dissipated. And my mind, you know, it's also, it's also the way you think of the world in your mind too. Hmm. Your perception on things. And uh, yeah, so I'm just happy where I'm at. And I, and I strive to, to um, continue to be better and treat people well and all that stuff.
0: Beautiful. Switching gears, I want to talk about optimized social media. How you connected with that business and, uh, and what your role is over there. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, this is one of those things that is that kind of goes along with spirituality in a way. Right now, I completely believe in the law of attraction. And it's done things for me in ways that I can't explain. And this job is one of them. Hmm. And, you know, people are going to laugh. I know. I didn't believe it either. You know, it's one of those things that you don't believe until it works, until it happens to you. And um, it was just a situation where my friend, uh, my friend Scott, he sent me a link on Facebook, and he said, "Hey, there's a contest. It was uh, design this T-shirt for some some event at a bar, and you could win five hundred dollars if they choose your design." And I was like, "Man, I don't, I don't know if I could do that because it was like." It was like creating this this image out of from scratch, and Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't think that I'm good enough for that. And he's like, I think it's all in your head, man. (laughs) And I said, and this was right along the time when I was listening or I was reading the book The Secret, which is all law of attraction, power of thought. And uh, I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. I kind of changed my thought process. I didn't I didn't pursue that opportunity because in those kind of situations you know you could spend all your all your time on something like that and they don't choose your design and then you just lost all that time so I was like no but I I was like you're right a few days later a friend of mine that I hadn't spoken to for a couple years sent me a message and said hey I don't know what you're doing right now but my work is looking for another graphic designer and I was like oh okay yeah I mean where is it located it was like uh, 45 minutes away from where I currently was and I was like man that's kind of a drive I don't know but I was also like really hurting for money and, and uh, kind of looking to get a new career choice mm. and um, I did three interviews there to uh, honestly and the last one I was on my probably my last gallon of gas coming back from that interview <laughs> like I needed the money bad and luckily they they decided to take me on as a designer it's been the best job that I've ever had it's called optimize social media cool and they are taking the world by storm social media is absolutely the wave of the future and what we do is we help other businesses that don't necessarily know how to work their social media we take that over for them and we you know we we help them thrive online For the longest time, I was self-taught. I'm self-taught in everything. I don't believe in college. I think it's a waste of money to spend four years and then, you know, maybe get a job, maybe not. But then you end up with all that debt. So I learned how to do the graphic design stuff on my own, and that's why I never thought that I was good enough to have a job Hmm. Um, because I was convinced by what people were telling me: you need a degree, you need a degree. Well, this, this job um, was willing to take a look at my work and say, what you do, like, your work is great. Who cares if you don't have a degree? You obviously taught yourself well. And um, it's been really great. It's been so cool. The people I work with are awesome. They uh, are very supportive
0: of my alternative lifestyle choices. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And didn't you say they were hiring they are if there's anyone in the in the audience anyone listening who might be interested can you tell me a little bit about what about it attracts you and who this job might be right for
1: we are hiring like what it seems i think it's about eight people a month we're one of the biggest growing companies in the state of minnesota Yeah, it's really quick growth it's great yeah especially for a startup that just began in 2012 the guys behind it John Green and George Booth—they—they they really got a good thing going. They're smart business guys, and they—they they know how to treat their employees right. Hmm. Um, we do a lot of things like, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we went—we went to a bowling alley and we played laser tag and all this as a group. You know, like this, and this is something that they be sure that that the people that are working for them are enjoying themselves. We, they took us out to a Saints baseball game. Cool. Um, we have, you know, we do uh, volleyball league as a work group. We do softball. We do golf. They do their best to make it an enjoyable uh, atmosphere. Yeah. And uh, when you get hired, you, you get your own Nerf gun which is, you know, every once in a while, some Nerf gun fights will break out in the office and all that. So it's a lot of fun. But the type of people, you know, so if you're, if you're looking for a job and you want to get into uh, this sort of career that is just taking off, if you have experience on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Yelp, those kind of things, th- this job is for you. Like, they're looking for the millennials who know how to work the computers and who understand, um, you know, engagement and w- things to say to get people to like a, a post or an image, you know, those kind of things that the older crowd with businesses that don't really know how to do that. So
0: it seems like a cool opportunity, and, and I think there will definitely be some people who will uh, that'll spark their interest,
1: yeah, yeah, and they also they take advantage of your alternative skills. So if you come in and you say, "Yeah, you know, I want to be a social media manager, but, you know, I also know a thing or two about this topic." And they'll say, "That's great. You know, we'll we'll include you, you know, let's you let's utilize your skills that that reach beyond of what we're hiring you for." Mm. And because the whole place what it seems like is everyone that works there is uh, jack-of-all-trades you know and so we're all coming from different walks of life with different skill sets and it's just so much fun and we put everything together and it and it works
0: awesome and kind of bringing it all together with some rapid-fire questions the word success came up at several points in the conversation today what does success mean to you
1: the way I view success has dramatically changed from when I first started to pursue it I thought that my happiness was on the other side of success. And that is absolutely not true. That's people's biggest mistake. I feel like your first the first thing that you need to do is focus on being happy now. Hmm. Because if you get that music career and you get signed to a record label and you get a you know a couple million dollars and that hot girlfriend and that house and whatever, and you think that you think that, that is your that is your definition of happy. Or success either way you're it's you're not going to be happy
0: yeah you could still
1: be miserable yeah you could have it all and yeah and I when I first heard that too I was like yeah but that still sounds pretty good you know like, <laughs> I, I'll take my chances right <laughs> but uh, you know just reading countless stories of the people who had it all hmm. and watching them either go bankrupt or you know commit suicide or all those things it just it all added up to being true hmm. and it it really changed the way that I wanted to look at success. And uh, there's a quote here I want to read that I actually have. Um, It came up when my sister Kaylin actually sent this to me and it says, uh, Stop focusing on success. Focus on bringing joy to yourself and others around you and your purpose will serve you. So ultimately, focusing on making people happy, going around being a good person and, uh, and offering your talents to people that is what people are going to see you know like in you and they'll be interested in in uh in giving you more opportunity hmm. in whatever it is that interests you so it's just one of those things where instead of being selfish and trying to you know win the rat race of life just give yourself to the world and say this is who i am this is what i have to offer and i'd love to help
0: you and that's that just seems to work. Yeah, it, uh, it actually brings me back to something that a uh, couple of the guys in Early Eyes said when I talked to them a few weeks back. It was Jake and Henry. They both said, just be nice to people, you know? I, I was asking what advice they would give to young artists in the community, you know, just starting out as a band, and they said, a lot of their success has just stemmed from like making friends with people because when you are genuine, people will be genuine back and I see what you're doing, I want to support you, you see what I'm doing, you support me, and then that's that's a happy circle and that's how culture grows too.
1: Absolutely. You have no idea how much success is built off of relationships. Mm. And when you do realize that, then you will, you will start making a lot of friends. Um, and for me, I think it's... And I think it's probably for you too. Is I love hearing people's stories. I love listening to them, and um, generally, that's just that's that's a recipe for friendship there because Hmm. people love to talk about themselves. Yeah, you
0: just gotta listen. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and and I'm not and I'm not you know like just listening just because "Ah, if I'm listening then they're gonna like me. I'm genuinely interested in them. So if you have to develop an interest in people, Hmm. if you if you really want to. make an impact in their life. Hmm. When it all comes down to it, simply, it's about just adding uh, value to someone else's life. If you add value to their life, value
0: will be returned. It all comes back around? Yeah. What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? It can be anywhere hmm. around there, not 18 specifically. Oh,
1: jeez. I don't think that I would understand this this advice at that age (laughs) but what i would say is don't trade what you want most for what you want now Hmm. because that has been a recurring theme in my life is making choices based off what i want now and it always affects the uh the long-term goal you know if if you were to just save up that money rather than spend it you could have afford, you know, you could have bought something that, that could have changed your life completely, rather than oh no, I gotta have, you know, that snack or that whatever. It was very being compulsive in your choices, not even just financially, but like even with like, you know, relationships um, or decisions to do literally anything. It really, really does affect your the road that you're on. So I think that if you just hold on to those cards and you just are patient, uh, it's always going to be better for you. And I've had to learn the hard way so many times.
0: We all do. Yeah. Solid. Any particular books that you have read and felt the need to share?
1: Yes. The Secret is the first book that I went to um, because it was a book that my mom had left behind and, you know, I was... uh, I wanted to get on her level because I was extremely unhappy. She was incredibly positive, wonderful, wonderful woman. And I was like, man, what's this book, you know? And uh, that was the one that it literally brought tears to my eyes once, I, once it uh, finally clicked. And it's the, it's the whole law of attraction, power of thought thing. Hmm. Um, so that's one that I would definitely check out. Um, there's another one called The Magic of Thinking Big. That one is great. Um, It really explains to you that, you know, like the kind of thing like you're you're a human being, you know, like you won the lottery. (laughs) You know, this is the life right now. You can love whoever you want. You can be live wherever you want to be. You can make choices. It's like it's endless. This is the endless world that we're living in. And we have such a great opportunity here. And it's. It's such a waste to just go around having excuses or feeling, you know, oh, this sucks or blah, blah, blah whatever. And so it's just kind of a book that it's been, that, that's really, that opens up that positive part of your mind and showing you all the opportunities that you have. And it hmm. gives you practices to, to get, get uh, better at, at uh, thinking like that. Another one I would suggest is um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay, I, I actually haven't heard of that one. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good one. It's about uh, a guy or a kid who grew up with, his dad was poor, and then he had a mentor who was like a second father to him who was rich. Hmm. And the way that they the, the, the men lived their lives uh, was considerably different, and he just learned from both of them. Hmm. And he has advice that, uh, you know, and it's all about, you know how they their, what their perception was on life and you get to hear both sides and it's incredible so I would say those and then um, what's another one that I was just reading um, Conversations with God is a really good one if you want to challenge your religious beliefs that one was incredible there's so many out there I would really suggest like looking up Warren Buffett's book list <laughs> yeah
0: Awesome, and that's a that's a good few right there too. Who else in the community is doing good work today? Who are you impressed by?
1: Who am I impressed by? Yeah. Oh
0: man. Oh, that's a good question. Again, get. whoever comes to mind, because there are plenty of people doing cool work. Yeah. Right
1: now, right now, I think that uh, Steve Weigel from Ivy Longboards is doing some fascinating work hmm. uh he's a guy from the area that uh he just made a long board for a friend out of like some plywood <laughs> and painted it and before you know it he started getting you know getting orders for other people that you know that wanted boards and um now he has a space in northeast where he can uh efficiently work on those boards and um he's got an online store it's he's he's doing really great things and uh i believe in him completely because he's such a great dude and he's doing it for the right reasons because he loves it (laughs) um he's so passionate and uh you know he's a strong believer in good things so i would say definitely check out him I think I definitely have to give a shout out to my sister, Kaylin, uh, who's doing really great work because she had changed her um, her business plan. She was a photographer and doing a lot of weddings and stuff like that. Um, but she, you know, when my, the passing of my mom had affected her deeply, just as it did me. And she decided that since my mom didn't really have Uh, very many photos of her of herself because she was always behind the camera taking pictures of us doing things for us she never really had great photos that she could leave behind for us so Hmm. Kaylin has decided that she's dedicating her work to taking photos of women who don't uh, put any emphasis on themselves so Hmm. it's called My Legacy and basically what she wants to do is bring women in you know it's usually mothers or grandmothers and say we're gonna have a day of just straight awesomeness you know we're gonna dress you in these wonderful clothes this wonderful clothing and you know she's got a woman that comes in and does makeup she in these women they it's it's such a great experience for them yeah. and the photos are phenomenal and it's been nothing but but awesome awesome uh, all across the board for her And I really, I would really like more people to look into that because there's so many moms and, and grandmas and, and those are the people who are the most selfless. Yeah.
0: Like the everyday
1: hero. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where you don't, you don't realize that you want a photo of someone who meant so much to you until they're gone. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like a really good photo. Hmm. One that, the one that you can, that's just like, wow, you know? And so
0: that's what Kalen
1: offers these women. And, Amazing. Uh, yeah. I would, I would say check that out.
0: My legacy. My legacy. And speaking of checking things out, finally, anything you want to ask of the audience, whether that's checking out the EP or visiting certain sites, and where can they find all of that?
1: So the Wendy EP is available on iTunes, and it's also available on Bandcamp. The digital album is available on iTunes and Google Play, like pretty, pretty much everywhere. You know, okay. Just type in my name, Bo Weber, you'll find it. Um, Bandcamp is where you can buy the physical album as as well as the digital. And, um, yeah, I mean, 100% of the profits that I'm making on this album are going to women who are battling ovarian cancer. And that's the thing that I want to emphasize more because it's not about ultimately it's it's, this has nothing to do with me you know this is this is a much bigger picture i'm i'm not making a single dollar from this album album and i want people to know that and i want people to know that the money that they are giving to the album is going to to saving lives essentially so if you want to do something good it literally is a couple clicks on the computer, mm-hmm. and you've done a great thing. And so. you get some fantastic art along with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What a deal! Absolutely. What a deal. And the last thing that I would leave with the listeners is um, just be more cautious about the things that you're purchasing. You know, like whether it's products that you're using in your home, on your body, or the food that you're consuming. You know, take just flip it over and look at the ingredients. Uh, Look it up online. See what people are saying about it because the FDA does not have your back. You know, the the people that are trying to make money, they don't have your back. So if you do care about your body and you care about your
0: mind and all that stuff,
1: um, just be more cautious about, about that kind of thing.
0: I'll second that. Bo, thank you so much for the time and for letting me take a step into your... Your world right here in the van. Uh I'm a huge fan of the nomadic lifestyle and uh have been living it for myself. Not quite in the same way, but uh it's something I admire and something that definitely sparks my interest. So thank you for everything today and best of luck with the EP and everything down the road.
1: Well thank you, man.
0: Alright, that's a wrap. Big thank you to Bo for coming on the podcast. You can learn more about him at bowweber.com. That's also the place to pick up a copy of Wendy this Mother's Day, May 14th. 100% of profits from physical disc sales will be given to women currently battling ovarian cancer. While you're on the interwebs, visit chancebychance.com to subscribe to the newsletter, find all previous episodes, and take a look at the support page. There's a link to iTunes leaving a rating or review of the show on iTunes helps new listeners to find it. You can also visit Patreon via a link on the support page. All the content of Chance by Chance is free, and I'm going to keep it that way. But every bit of support you can offer me helps me to do more. So help me do more, and it'll be a happy circle. Thank you as always to Josh Johnson for providing the opening track to this podcast. You can hear more of his music at Saxophone Capone on SoundCloud. On your way out, here's a track from Bo. It's called Gold. And it's one of my favorites on the album. Until next time, thank you for listening.
2: I wanna live in the city. I wanna be where you are. I know that I can take you with me. The promise that you'll go far I wanna reach down in your soul Because I know, because I know Can't move your feet If life's a dance It's better when you're on beat If you think you're the only one Who's been cut at the knees I was just like you